The demand for energy is accelerating like never before. New sources are emerging and established ones are evolving. Collectively, all sources will provide the fuel needed to support future global demand. Here on the Energy Scale-Ups podcast, we explore and learn about the people and companies solving today's problems to produce tomorrow's energy needs. Here is your host, Jose Solis. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Energy Scale-Ups podcast. It's your host, Jose Solis. And in today's episode, we are going to cover the great return. That's right, going back to the office. Also, we're going to talk about cloud-based storage systems, how using someone else's computer can help you scale up your business, and how a new startup that is new to Greentown Labs is turning cow manure into energy. Let's get into it. For our first story, we're going to be talking about the great return, right? People are being called back to the office. Leaders are calling for employees to return to the office because they believe that it's going to enhance collaboration and innovation. But a lot of employees are saying, no way, Jose, we don't like it. We want our flexibility. We want autonomy. You know, there's a risk of COVID infection if we go back to the office. Of course, let's not forget the price of gas is really high. So these long commutes are going to cost us more. It's going to be like taking a pay cut. And they've made a, a case for both sides, really, why we should and why we shouldn't, right? And so I did some homework and I came across this really interesting article from the Harvard Business Review which basically said, look, you're going to have employees that are going to fall into about five categories or in five categories, active resistors to active supporters. And they break it down. They say, you know, basically what the characteristics are between all of these five categories. And basically overall, what they're talking about is, look, you need to have these conversations with each of these people. You need to identify them, have conversations with them. You need to support your active supporters and give them a platform to talk about, not necessarily a soapbox, but help them convince the resistors why it's a good idea. You know, if you basically believe as a leader that it's important for people to return to the office, whether it be full or part-time, you need to have a plan for convincing everyone that it's the right thing to do. And the key overall is just engage people one-on-one, move them from being active resistance to supporting positions. So, you know, obviously communication here is key. It's really important that you talk to your employees, you figure out what their feelings are, you figure out why they don't want to return or why they do want to return and make sure that you understand that it is something that, you know, you need to basically get them on board with because, you know, what could end up happening is you could have adverse effects, you know, negative impacts, things of that nature. And I thought about that as well. And I found another article and this one I want to say was from, it looks like it's from Entrepreneur and it said, that it might be a company ending mistake to go back to the office, which is, you know, that's a big concern, right? Especially with the great resignation out there, people worried about people quitting and things like that. So, you know, they said, look, leaders, you need to really focus on your culture, right? They emphasize culture in this one. I think that's really important too, because culture is really, really important when it comes to any company, especially if you're trying to get high output. If you have a great culture, you're going to get really good output from your people. And it says, you know, you need to consider taking an approach in which making the decision starts with answering the questions, what do you value? And then consider a broad range of alternatives and then score those items and see how this process of moving people back fulfills those ultimate values. Because what is this? This is a change management, right? So change management is a big undertaking and you need to help people move from a new state when organizational goals are met. So you must bring people into the process. If they're not, they're going to rebel 
in ways that are either overt and subtle. And that goes back to what the Harvard Business Review article was talking about, how you could have people that are active resistors, passive resistors, or who even neutral and don't really say or do anything, but even that can be bad for you. And you need to look at it from the standpoint of, you know, is this going to have somewhat of like a 10x impact on our business, which means like if we bring people back into the office, is it going to create 10 times more collaboration, communication, and cohesion? At the end of the day, grow joy at work and your culture will produce something amazing. You know, if you've ever worked somewhere that had a great culture, you can attest to this firsthand. And the opposite is true as well. You know, if you work somewhere that has had a toxic culture, then you know, like, I don't want to spend any time with these people. You're not going to produce your best work output. And then the third article that I came across, which was from fortune.com, was pretty hardline. It said, offices are obsolete and so are the managers who insist on you must go back. And it talks about over the last couple of years, how, you know, people working from home and having to utilize technology has accelerated some positive change that has moved companies towards a flexible future. And that it's surprising that companies haven't applied that same mentality to employees because, you know, they've learned that you can't dictate where, how, or when people act. Instead, you must meet them where they are. Collaboration isn't about where you work, but rather it's how employees show up to work. Physical distance no longer matters. And they found that the highest performing remote teams, which were the ones smart about remote, did create strong operational cultures that guided them to remarkable success, regardless of their individual locations, which also goes back to the last article talking about company culture, right? So if you're able to build culture remotely, then you can still have success that way. And they also address the Zoom gloom, right? People have talked about this before where they're just tired of just looking into a box all day, having all these meetings. And one of the reasons they said this was a problem was because we were recreating the analog workday online, which is how we were trying to use our old systems and processes on digital workforce, which wasn't working out well. And the notion that innovation and collaboration start with a meeting is a myth. But yet instead, we must broaden your collaboration efforts virtually before you even have a physical meeting. So we need to leverage new digital work tools like virtual whiteboards, breakout rooms, and asynchronous decision boards to find the best people with the best ideas, regardless of where any of them are. Their data showed that digitally native workflow, instead of portion over industrial age routines, radically increases predictors of success, such as energy, candor, and relationships. And the main point isn't that flexible works better, although the research found that to be true. What's more important is that they update not just our workplaces, but our mindsets that leads them. Telling people how to behave is kind of a backwards thinking, and we need to free ourselves from it. We should be considering how to lead our employees forward, not ordering them back to work. Moving on to our next segment of the show, we're going to be talking about cloud-based storage systems, which is basically using someone else's computer. So you may be familiar with Amazon at Web Service, Microsoft Azure, and other cloud-based storage systems that are available. Maybe you're not. I don't know. So let's just kind of go over just at the thousand foot view what they are in case you are not. If you are, you can skip forward a few seconds and you'll be past this. But basically, 
Cloud storage systems allow you to save your files without having an on-site server. It's, you know, you can access it to a private network or the public internet connection. And it's really efficient because it allows you to utilize a third-party provider who secures, hosts, and maintains and manages these servers and the infrastructure so that you can access your data whenever and wherever you need it. And this is really scalable. It's very elastic. It's very cost-effective because you can scale up as your data needs increase and you can scale back as your data needs decrease possibly. But let's talk about six different ways that the cloud can help you grow your business. And the first way is going to be improved collaboration. Now, in our last segment, we talked about collaboration between teams who are remote. Well, thanks to the advancements in cloud computing, companies can now, they're able to leverage several cloud-based paradigms at any time on almost any device with an active internet connection. So this will help you increase your collaboration. We talked about this earlier, the cost, right? You can lower your cost. So rather than having to hire someone in-house and have in-house systems, software solutions being brought in and developed, you know, if you're a small to medium-sized business, now you can pay for a cloud vendor to do all of the heavy lifting, the setup, the maintenance, security, all the other overheads. And there's you know, the upfront costs, which are once mandatory to start a business, can now be used to scale and grow that business and its operations. So you can lower your costs. That's great, especially as you're scaling your business. Reliability for business continuity. Again, because you can rely on these cloud systems to provide you with almost 99.9% .9 uptime, this can help you mitigate downtime. And obviously in the energy world, you know, non-productive time, NPT, downtime, that all costs money. Well, it does in the digital world as well. So these cloud vendors will provide you these services usually equipped with large-scale infrastructure and technical support capable of handling several minor to major issues to ensure that, you know, you, their end user, almost has a negligible downtime, if any. And then here's another one that most people probably know about, obviously, cybersecurity, staying secure. You know, your cloud provider can provide you with safety from intruders through firewalls, antivirus services, and can help these companies help you with data backup and recovery in case of a disaster. So let's say, for instance, if you were to host your stuff on site and there was a, a flood, a fire, or something like that, well, you could lose your servers, you could lose all that data. Well, having it off-site somewhere else, you know, you can have those backups somewhere else and then you're not have to worry about, you know, losing that information. And then also automation, that's another one. So just as it suggests, cloud automation is the practice that allows businesses to achieve automation in their processes and operations by means of tools, services, and software. So let's say, for instance, you've got a chatbot on your website. You can get an AI-based chatbot that help you cut down the expense required to maintain a dedicated support team. So that's one way you can automate your business with the cloud. Really awesome. And last but not least, empowering your employees. Almost any device with an active internet connection can be used to enable your employees to stay connected which will empower them to achieve more. When you leverage that properly, the cloud services can also enable the employees to achieve a better work-life balance. Really important. So there's six steps or six ways that a cloud-based storage system can help your business. I'm also going to include a link on six steps for planning a cloud strategy, which will help you take this a step further. If you want to learn more, check the show notes. I'll make sure it's in there for you. Now for our third and final topic of the show, how a startup is turning manure into energy. Now, 
I got a kick out of this one because it kind of took me back for a second when I was thinking about that movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome and Mel Gibson goes to Barter Town and he finds out that they're powering the town because it's like this dystopian future, right? Where everything's been demolished. And if you haven't seen the movie, that's what it's about. If you've seen the movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And in the movie, the town is being powered from the manure of pigs. So they're running the town off the methane from the generated by pigs. Well, lignium energy, which is now based in Greentown's labs here in Houston, has the same concept. They're taking cow manure and they're generating energy from it. And so basically the problem that they've stated is that cow manure generates environmental, social, and regulatory problems, as well as water pollution, air pollution, and even soil contamination. And the way that they're going to solve this problem is by transforming it into combustion pellets, generating wealth from it. So what they're doing is they're separating the solids from the liquid in an animal slurry and then cleaning the solid part of the manure and eliminating all chemical and dirty waste to generate biomass. And then they take that biomass and they generate a combustion pellet that complies with regulations to be used. So with the process, the company generates a triple impact, right? Environmental, social, and economic. Circular economy, great stuff, really awesome. And they're also reducing costs for farms without being an expense by generating wealth from the process. The company is led by CEO Augustin Rios. Like I said, they're based at Greetown Labs here in Houston. I'm really interested to see where they go and how they grow. You know, I'm going to reach out to Augustin and see if maybe I can get him on the podcast in the future. If you're connected with him, please give him a shout out from the podcast. Tell him I'd like to have him on the show. I'd love to hear more about what they're doing, how they got into it, all of that. I'd like to hear the story. But yeah, really interesting, really happy to see something like that. That's, you know, definitely alternative from what we've seen in the energy space moving forward. But yeah, really awesome. Okay, let's bring it home now. Just to summarize, going back to the office, good or bad? The jury is still out. We're going to find out. But what it comes down to is culture, making sure that you understand what your people want, what they don't want, why it's a good idea or why you're going to stay being a remote workforce. At the end of the day, you know, leverage these digital tools, leverage them, don't rely on them. The tools aren't going to do the work for you. You need to know your people. At the end of the day, you need to know your people. You got to drive and develop a culture. Second, cloud-based storage systems. Look, if you're scaling your business and you haven't started utilizing cloud-based storage systems, you know, you better do it or you're going to lose or you're going to leave a lot of money on the table rather. Do that. You'll be good to go. And third and final is turning manure into energy. Super interesting. Can't wait to see if I can connect with Mr. Rios, get him on the show. Thank you so much for listening. You guys have been an awesome audience. If you've enjoyed the show, please be sure to send a share and leave a review. Would really love to hear from you. As always, keep up the fire and we'll talk to you on the next one. Join us again next week for another episode of the Energy Scale-Ups podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.